welcome to another episode of Two Strike Noise, your weekly baseball history podcast. It's just me. It's just Jeff this week. I'm solo. Mark went and got a real job. So his schedule this week is not exactly lined up at any point to record a show. He worked four Mariners games over three days over the weekend, and his schedule is uh, it's going to be back to to more normal next week. But this week, we just couldn't make it work. So it is just going to be me here for this week. Going to be a little bit shorter show since it's just me. I have a Vin Scully show ready to go. It's in the can, ready to go. But I wanted Mark to be here for it because there's a lot of games and players to talk about that, you know, when we do that, we like to we like to remember those kind of things. So I wanted him to be here when we did that to talk about the incredible Hall of Famer Vin Scully, who, of course, just passed away last week. It was a, it was a tough show to do, to, to put together, but it was a lot of fun because I got to listen to highlights and stories that, as far as I'm concerned, were about the voice of baseball. That'll be next week when Mark comes back. We'll do our Vin Scully show. So since it is just me, I'm going to go through BP as usual, and then I'm going to close the show with something very special that I found from Vin Scully. So make sure to stick around at the end of the show. Like I said, it's going to be a shorter show, so you don't have to sit through Wax Packs, Heroes, and, and all that frivolity. But at the end of the show, it's very cool. I'm Actually, I'm getting goosebumps right now just thinking about hearing it again at the end. So do listen through the whole show today. Uh, it, it'll be worth it, I promise you. So I wanted to get into things here. It's just me, and I've already stretched because I hurt myself over the weekend because I have gone and bought myself a batting cage for the backyard here, getting ready for fantasy camp. And then I took a tumble because I'm an old man, apparently, and hurt my elbow. So I, I've been stretching a lot trying to so I can get back out there and take some more cuts. But a couple of things. First of all, Yankees and the Mariners, if Mark was here, he would talk about how the Mariners had a successful trip to Yankee Stadium. Something came to my attention during that Yankees-Mariners series that I was unaware of. I watched a lot of Mariners games. I watch A's every day. I watch a lot of Mariners. I watch the Mets and a couple of other teams, but I had not heard this. The Mariners uh, outfielder Sam Haggerty, kind of a, a war player. He is that average replacement down in AAA that we talk about when we talk about war. That is Sam Haggerty. Well, Sam's got a nickname that I was unaware of and I'm already infatuated with. Sam Haggerty's nickname is Ham Swaggerty. Now that is so badass, I can't even begin to describe it. And I really feel there needs to be a, a graphic novel or a, a short you know, animated series about Ham Swaggerty. I kind of see him as being a, a private detective and wearing a trench coat and having that that hat being just uh, really cool. And plus, you know, it's right along the lines of Taco Bellsberry, which I think Ham Swaggerty might be greater than Taco Bellsberry. I'll, I'll let everybody else weigh in on that, but I am pretty sure that I like Ham Swaggerty better. Uh, another thing that... I'm sure if Mark were here, uh, I wanted to talk about is in Yankee Stadium. Now, I watch more Yankee games than Mark does because Mark despises the Yankees. They have, first of all, they have two-strike noise, which is awesome. And you can even type in, in a Google search, Yankee two-strike noise will show up, but so will what I'm about to talk about because this is 
what we're named after is two strike noise. And it's something that the Yankees do in their game production when it is the top of the inning. So the Yankees are on defense and a Yankees pitcher gets two strikes on the batter. So here is a, here's a little bit of it from uh, a game against the twins. And you can, you can hear what I'm talking about. That's just nasty. So there it is in the background. You can hear that siren, that klaxton. I think they had it last year as well. In fact, I, I know they had it last year, but I've noticed it more this year. I love it. it. It gets the crowd into it. It is two strike noise, which is exactly what we are named after. This is two strike noise. If you're in the production room there at Yankee Stadium, that's two strike noise. So I was trying to track down what exactly that was. But I found a story where Yankee pitchers are having trouble hearing their pitch calm when this alarm goes off. And I thought that was hilarious. Uh, one, I love this alarm. It's a, it's a great thing to play with two strikes and uh, first world problems. You know, I can't hear my pitch calm because the crowd is too loud. Especially as an A's fan, that, that seems unfathomable to me. But <laughs> so I did a little bit of search trying to find this sound. I'm fairly certain it's from Star Wars, first of all. I think it's a Death Star alarm. But this is uh, these are some of the comparables I found. This is an actual World War II submarine diving alarm. Which that sounds more like just an old-timey like car horn to me. But that is, a, that is a, a diving horn for a submarine. A couple of other ones that I found. This is the actual... No, this isn't the actual. This is from Star Wars, but this is from Rogue One. So, not the original trilogy. But this is getting close. And I actually like that one a lot. That's a that's kind of a modern modern <laughs> alert. But uh, here this this one might be might be the winner. It's only two seconds long, so I have to keep hitting play on it. But I'm pretty sure that that is the one that they are using. That is the actual Death Star alarm, I believe, from, from the original trilogy. Thought it was funny that they couldn't hear with that. But it goes right along. Remember, Red Sox president Larry Lucchino once said that George Steinbrenner and the Yankees were, quote, unquote, the evil empire. And then in 2018... Brian Cashman, who's the GM for the Yankees, he actually called the Yankees at one point, quote, a fully operational Death Star. So this is really just playing into this whole uh, evil empire thing with, uh, with that sound. But I love that sound. Yankee Stadium's got good sounds that are kind of earworms because beyond that, whenever they, I think it's after a strikeout, you hear this. I had no idea what that was. I just assumed it was just assumed it was a sound effect that they made for for themselves or something. That is actually a uh, a jingle for PC Richard and Son, which I have no idea what they are, but uh, whoever did that for them, the ad agency should get a raise. If you listen to the show often, you know that we love the Universal DH. Both Mark and I were both American League fans. It's what we like best. It's not right. It's not wrong. It's just our preference. But I saw something on social media that I can fully get behind. 
Since pitchers aren't hitting anymore with the universal DH, why not make the ninth batter in order have to wear a jacket anytime they reach base? Huh? We've started to make a dent in getting players to wear real stirrups and actual sanitary socks. Maybe this is our next venture. Remember, I mean, those coats, especially in like the 90s, they were so like everything was so oversized. <laughs> when you got a, especially when you got a small pitcher on 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 base, it was they look like George Costanza in his Gore-Tex jacket out there. But I thought that was a great idea, and that was a, a funny uh, funny thing that caught my eye. Uh, another thing, last week, one of us may have been a little worked up about a certain review we got on Apple or, or Spotify or somewhere. It was a three star review, which. To be honest, is the worst that we have gotten, which I think is pretty good. If that's the worst we've gotten, you get one star for trying. Like if you're going to review something, you can't leave no stars. I think one star you get it for trying. It's it's a participation star. Yay, you did it. Uh, two stars is well, you want the extra bit. You did a little bit more than participate, but there was a baby crying in the background the whole show, and half of it is you trying to hit the buttons to re hit record. So that's two stars. Three stars is hey, this is a podcast. You know, not just the podcast that every other major league player started doing during the pandemic, and then you know never got around to episode number two. But there was something I didn't didn't enjoy about it. That's a three-star review. Now, that's what we got, and we felt it was given erroneously as the reviewer was calling us out on the use of the term pepper, which they thought we were actually talking about pickle. We went over this in depth last week, if, if you're not familiar with what I'm talking about. I tend to be able to not let things go, and throughout last week, I tweeted several different things about pickle and pepper, and including a... Uh, <laughs> picture that I may have worked on a little bit too long, including it was a montage of historical photos of the words no pepper allowed on several major league stadium walls. So I, I tend to go a little bit overboard. I also realize that a sport has the word pickle and pepper and there are different things in it is infinitely amusing as well. Well, we got DMs about it, but there was one thing that I wanted to highlight because we got a second review from the same listener. Which is awesome because that means they actually listened uh, to another show. And we really appreciate that a lot. We were having a lot of fun uh, last week on this. Thank you for listening again. And uh, they've got a new review up five stars, which thank you very much again. And they titled it, It's a Pepper and a Pickle. And uh, they explain that they thought we were trying to reference pickle, but uh, they, they were wrong. And then they talk about playing pickle while tailgating at County Stadium in Milwaukee. So that's cool. Brewers fans, I like that. And uh, pretty much just giving us a hard time on the RBI, RBIs thing. All right. Last week, we also were talking about pickoff moves. And I said Andy Pettit probably had the most in Major League history. And uh, I was doing some research on Mark Langston, actually. He had a great pickoff move. And in fact... His pickoff move to first base was so good. He had 91 career pickoffs when he retired, which at that point was the record. That was the most in baseball history. And Langston is one of only eight pitchers in history to pick off three runners in a single game when he did that against the Cubs in 89. Today, though, he has the fourth most pickoffs in baseball history behind Kenny Rogers, Terry Mulholland, and Andy Pettit, as I, as I suspected. Also note that all of those are left-handed pitchers. 
All right. We also talked about the State College of Florida, comma, Manatee, Sarasota last week when discussing Alex Cole. Well, listener Gerald Thompson let us know that when Alex played there, they were actually just called Manatee Community College, and their mascot is, in fact, not the Manatees. This is stupidity at its highest level here. They are actually the Lancers. If instead of uh, being in Manatee, Sarasota, if this was Narwhal, Sarasota, then I could understand the Lancers, you know, with that, that horn. But if, how are you missing out on the Manatees? I just imagine that somewhere there's like a Lancelot University and their mascot is actually the Manatees. All right. Well, we haven't done this for a week or so, I don't think. It's time for a Lars Newt Bar update. Now, Lars is playing consistently. The Cardinals are hot. I think they've tied, I think they've tied Milwaukee now in the Central for first place. So definitely a, uh, they've really turned it on here. And Lars is getting some playing time. He's playing every game. He's starting to hit to his average as of the recording of this show. He is up to a 225 average. His on base is climbing. It's up to 313 now, which is very impressive. A week ago, it was at 209. He's really playing well at the plate. But the big thing is his defense is really been outstanding so far this year the Cardinals like the Mariners also just had a big series with the Yankees where the Cardinals actually swept the Yankees and Lars besides swinging the bat you know okay flash some leather out there this is into right field new bar closes dives did he trap it or make the catch he made the catch is about as hard as it gets this ball is coming in Gets his glove in a position as he dives to make a really great catch. That ball easily could have handcuffed him. Great catch there. Fully extended off the ground. And you also got to hear uh, Mariners announcer Aaron Goldsmith. I don't remember how you say his last name. Do his little growl there. That drives me nuts. Yeah, good for you, Lars Newtbar. Also, I wanted to talk about, we did this a couple of times earlier, it is the 40th anniversary of the greatest record to ever exist in all of baseball records, the 40th anniversary of Ricky Henderson stealing 130 bases in a single season back in 1982. I've done this before, I want to do it again, I'm just going to compare where Ricky is as of right now versus the the state of base stealing, which we know is not part of the game currently. But that's why I want to I want to compare it because a Ricky Henderson uh, rules, and two, I, I like to talk about Ricky Henderson. So through the games of August eighth in nineteen eighty two, Ricky at this point a hundred and five stolen bases, a hundred and eleven games, a hundred and five stolen bases. He was hitting two seventy seven. His on base was four eleven. Awful band. Great on base percentage. Slugging percentage, you know, 398. That's not not too bad. Nobody cares about home runs at that point, especially for a leadoff batter. But he had eight home runs, four triples, 18 doubles. He walked 94 times at this point and had struck out only 63. I mean, this was just a great, incredible season as a leadoff batter for Ricky Henderson. So 105 stolen bases at this point through the season. 
looking at the team leaders in Major League Baseball for this year, the Miami Marlins have 90 stolen bases as a team. They are tops in baseball. So at this point through the season, Ricky Henderson had a hundred... Uh, well, I got to do math here. Let me crunch the number. 15 more stolen bases than the Marlins. Looking at the bottom of, of the league, the Twins have only stolen 20. The bottom reads Twins, Tigers, Rockies with 20, 28, and 30. So you combine the bottom three teams and they still don't have as many as Ricky Henderson had by himself at this point. So very cool for Ricky Henderson. All right, it's time for debuts. This show is debuting August 9th. Got a couple of reviews. First of all, 1883. Show favorite Tony Suck makes his debut for the Buffalo Bison. We've talked about Tony Suck before. He is a catcher. He hit 151 at a 205 on base, a 161 slugging percentage for his two years in baseball. Just a good name. Not really a good name. In fact, okay, I'm that name is not... It's unfortunate, but I doubt in 1883 people were saying things sucked. Also, another debut today in 2012. Manny Machado made his debut. Obviously, incredibly talented baseball player. One of the best in baseball with talent. (laughs) I'm trying to skate around a lot of things if you can't tell. Uh, So a couple of things here about Machado. June 27th, 2013. Manny was ejected for the first of many times for arguing a called strike. It was his first career Major League ejection. Also the first career ejection for the umpire who tossed him, Will Little. It would also, you know, it would take me an hour to go over all the cheap shots and brawls that Manny has instigated throughout his uh, time in the big leagues. But if you remember uh, back right after uh, he signed with the Padres, it was a 10-year, I think it's like $300 million deal. He comes back to Dodger Stadium, where he spent the second half of the season before he was traded over there at the deadline. And he's on deck with the Padres at Dodger Stadium, and a fan is in the front row there, and he's heckling him and recorded it on his phone. And uh, I just want you to listen to this again as a, as a little refresher. All right, so if you could not hear that, first of all, some quality heckling there. A 10-year deal, and the person with the phone's telling Manny that, you know, he's got 10 years now where he doesn't have to play in October. That's that's pretty stepping up the game on on the heckling. But this is exactly what Manny says. He says, quote, bet you my contract will win a World Series before you guys do. End quote. I mean, it's on. He said it and it's on video here. You can pull it up on on the Internet. I don't know if is that considered a binding contract. I don't know. I'm guessing, though, that Manny tracked this guy down and gave him the money. Because, man, he's a stand-up guy like that. Probably. Uh, Machado, just, just, and just to punctuate that point, Machado considers A-Rod to be his mentor. So <laughs> that tells you exactly what Manny likes, what Manny, what Manny looks up to. Uh, also, Manny is married to Yonder Alonso's sister. 
All right, so first of all, let me remind you, if you can't get enough of us during the week, when you're not listening to back episodes of this, you can find us on all the socials. We are at Two Strike Noise, that is at T-W-O Strike Noise, Twitter, Instagram, all of the other socials. We also have an email address. We've gotten a lot of emails lately, got a lot of DMs lately. It's This is great, we love it. Uh, you can also reach us at, uh, there's no at, you can also reach us, it's just, <laughs> see, I, this is why Mark does the, the email address. I can't say it. All you gotta do, open up your email machine. Type uh, two strike noise, TWO strike noise at gmail.com and it'll get to us. Maybe put a, you know, a title in there and then some information. Well, not some information, just something you want to tell us. But uh, we'll get that as well. And uh, we really do appreciate it. If you want to rate and review us anywhere, whether it be a three or a five star, we sure appreciate anything that you do there. But without further ado, I did promise something special here at the end of the show. As I said, next week we're going to talk all about Vin Scully. I've made mention on this show before that I consider Field of Dreams to be one of my least favorite baseball movies of all time. It's just a thing. I like what I like. I don't like that. But it undoubtedly has one of the greatest monologues ever. And it just happens to be about baseball. And it is given by the incredible James Earl Jones. And it's fantastic. I like that monologue. Well, I've got a copy here of Vin Scully reading it as well. Which, it's kind of hard to determine which of those two voices is is better. Or are they equal? Vin Scully and, and James Earl Jones, just incredible voices. But here, I believe this was done for opening day all around Major League Baseball a, a couple of years ago, is Vin Scully reading that monologue from Field of Dreams. So I'll leave you with that, and we will see you again next week on another episode of Two Strike Noise. Ray, people will come, Ray. They'll come to Iowa for reasons they can't even fathom. They'll turn up your driveway, not knowing for sure why they're doing it. They'll arrive at your door as innocent as children, longing for the past. Oh, of course, we won't mind if you look around, you'll say. It's only $20 per person, and they'll pass over the money without even thinking about it for it's money they have, and peace they lack. And they'll walk out to the bleachers, sit in shirt sleeves on a perfect afternoon. They'll find they have reserved seats somewhere along one of the baselines, where they sat when they were children and cheered their heroes. And they'll watch the game and it'll be as if they dip themselves in magic waters. The memories will be so thick, they'll have to brush them away from their faces. People will come, Ray. The one constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. America has rolled by like an army of steamrollers. It has been erased like a blackboard rebuilt and erased again. But baseball has marked the time. This field, this game, it's a part of our past, Ray. It reminds us of all that once was good and could be good again. Oh, people will come, Ray. 
people will most definitely come.